You're listening to the world famous Chick Whisperer podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. Back in the saddle again. This is Scott McKay from X and Y Communications welcoming you to the 72nd illustrious episode of the world famous Chick Whisperer podcast. It's been a long time, but you know what, guys? You haven't waited in vain. I've got an excellent guest today. His name is Eric Von Sido, but you probably know him better if you've been around the game a while as Hypnotica. And uh, it's a pleasure to welcome you, man. Hey, man. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, guys call you Hypnotica. You've uh, kind of done some work, I think that's an understatement, in the hypnosis field. I think I remember you having a product or an audio program called The Sphinx of Imagination. Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah, that was a, that was a good product that was far as, you know, opening up my own creativity and, and getting a play on words because a big part of interaction with women and people in general is, you know, being able to play off a conversation, being able to play off words. So there's a lot of sleight of mouth. There's a lot of interesting things in that program to banter back and forth and just to listen, you know, and figure out and play off of words. So yeah, I have about, I don't know, 17 programs now, but that was the... That was the original one. Yeah, that's the one I remember. And I did read about you in the game by Neil Strauss. So you're one of those guys who was actually in the game 10 years ago and who's still going strong today, right? I'm still doing real well. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's going to be what this whole episode is about, is, is the lifestyle. And like I said, I'm 43, uh, and I, I date multiple, multiple women that are much younger than me. Some, you know, some are my age. You know, it's just a matter of this, what is it you want lifestyle? And uh, it, you're either in it or you're going to be in it partially or you're going to be in it for a certain time frame. But I believe every man has to develop these skills or he's going to be obsolete, really. Yeah, you know, uh, you hit the nail on the head there. This is what we're talking about. It was your idea for a topic, and it's something we'd never covered during the whole run of this show really adequately. Touched upon it, bits and pieces with different guys, but uh, going after your vision and your lifestyle, making it yours, doing what you want, you know, kind of giving the middle finger to people who think you ought to be doing something different and doing things your way. And uh, I'll tell you, Eric, you and I are just getting to know each other. I'm hundred percent that guy also good. Uh, probably a little bit different of a way than you are. So I think we'll have a good give and take discussion here. I want to talk to you first of all about your lifestyle. Tell guys exactly what you do. You know, you said you're dating multiple women all the time. How does that typically look for you? I mean, what's possible there? Well, it looks like a blonde, a brunette, you know, sometimes a redhead. <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking, but that's that's what it looks like for me. Uh, you know, it looks like at 23 years I've been helping men develop their own strengths. And I think it came from an uh, abundance because I put the work in when I was younger to develop my beliefs, develop my skills, to develop my body, to develop my mindset. And I put myself in search, certain situations where I was forced to. And when I was 21, I began working at a strip club. And you can't not learn to be good around women unless you've just got some other things going on. When you're dealing with that many women at a time, and you know sometimes 30, 40 a night over the course of 23 years, um, I've, I have a lot of women friends. I've sat down with women. I used to be the, the bouncer for a hot oil wrestling show. I traveled around with them. So I learned about women, which thus helped me become good with women and to appreciate women and to enjoy women and to really listen for what it is they want 
and and see what they don't want as far as what they kind of lie to themselves sometimes and say, well, I want this, but they really don't. They want something else. So I, I was basically put in the fire and I was being given a great opportunity that most men don't have. I probably worked with, I don't know, if, and this is going to be either right on or not 50,000 to a hundred thousand women in 23 years of, you know, a couple hundred, you know, sometimes a hundred women a night. So uh, I've been around. And as far as that goes, my, the lifestyle that I look after that I do is basically, I like to do whatever I want to do, uh, whatever I feel like I want to do. And I've, I've fought hard over the years to really develop that and to stick with exactly what makes me happy. And I've crashed and burned plenty of times with um, placating back and forth saying, okay, um, well, maybe I'll try to be monogamous or, or let me try this lifestyle and failed and burned. And, and really, you know, a few years ago is when I came to the point where it's like, look, this is exactly what I like. This is exactly who I am. And, you know, so you have to fight for it along the way and go back and forth with tumbling, sometimes failing to figure out, well, what does make you happy? And that's kind of where I come out as far as, I guess, what I bring to the table. Yeah, you know, society tells you, you know, you've got to get married to this nice girl and have 2.5 kids and do this and do that. And that's the life that I have. That's my life. Yeah. But see, I chose that life. Yeah. See, some guys can come to me and go, man, you know, you sawed your balls off when you walked down the aisle and you know, married that woman at the altar. Well, no, this is what I wanted to do. This is what you wanted. To do. And that's exactly, see, and that's exactly what we're talking about is what is it that you want to do? Like my parents have been married right, for exactly. almost 50 years and I, I completely admire that. I admire anyone that can go after exactly what they want and co-create with the universe and to align themselves with that and to go after what they want. I mean, that's, that, that's phenomenal. It doesn't, like I said, the problem with guys these days is they think more uh, makes them masculine when it doesn't make you more masculine, it could make you look more insecure. It could make you look like a lot of things. The point is, are you happy and have you created exactly what it is you want? Because that's where the power is. That's when your own personal, yeah, man, I've made it my way works. Yeah. And that's the nice segue there. That's exactly where I was going. You're doing things exactly the way you want to. You're living life your way, Sinatra style. And yet the irony is people are going to probably be telling you, well, you know what? Why didn't you ever get married? When are you going to meet a nice girl? People on your side of the ledger are telling me I did things wrong. And people who are on the marriage and kids and settling down side of the ledger, I'm sure are hitting you over the head all the time. But that's not freedom. Doing what other people expect you to do, doing what you think someone else would have you do, trying to please someone else other than you in this short life that we live is not freedom. And we say we live in a free country and most people are slaves to their job. They're slaves to a marriage that they didn't even really want, to a woman they didn't even really choose. And they end up with the life that uh, was impressed upon them by convenience or by habit rather than doing what they really want. So that's why I'm really excited about this conversation. What are you going to tell guys when they're just starting out? Maybe younger guys or even guys who've just been through a divorce and have been forced to rethink everything. What's the first step to really seizing this freedom and going after your own vision and your own lifestyle. To say the first thing is forgive yourself for, you know, quote what people are going to say, oh, you failed and stuff like this. Like life is about interactions and, and sometimes they come and they go and there is no failure. There's no right and wrong. There's only learning and to really pace themselves for the changes that are going to become because whether you like it or not, I've been in the game pretty much 23 years and I'm still constantly having running up against things that, um, that are different. So nothing stays the same. You know, now people are like, oh, you're a little bit older, maybe for my taste or, or things to this nature. So you always have to stay on point. And the only 
thing you really have is your organizing principle, which would be what is it you want, and just stick with that. And no matter what happens, keep going for it. Not everyone's going to like you. Lots of people may not like you, and that's okay too. So the faster that they can come to the point where they just realize, like, you know, there's going to be lots of failure, there's going to be lots of tumbling. But if you stick with what it is you want and you go after it and you develop the skills uh, and the efficient means of being to go after what you want, then you're, you're going to do okay for the most part, I, I believe. So just really pace yourself, I guess, is the thing and, and forgive yourself and, and absolutely, no matter what, be relentless with going after the lifestyle that you want. And sometimes that can mean going out a lot. Um, it could mean, uh, you know, going to classes, doing whatever it takes to do to create your lifestyle is, is really the, the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. The water goes under the bridge so quickly. I remember when I was in college, I would go out on Saturday nights and I would come back at like four o'clock in the morning or whenever. And I would sleep to like four o'clock the next afternoon. <laughs> and my roommate was this straight laced guy, you know, cause I went to a really conservative college in Pennsylvania and he goes, you know, all you ever do is sleep. You're young. You know, you shouldn't have to sleep this much. You're going to wake up and you're going to be 40 years old and you're going to have slept your life away. And I always remembered him saying that because I was like 40. Wow. My life's over at 40. Guess so, huh? You know, right. and that's just how I thought is like a nineteen-year-old. Yeah, and it just was like you know, enough sleep is probably enough. I shouldn't sleep my whole life away, but I think a lot of people do sleep their life away figuratively. They just wake up and do what they did yesterday, and the next thing you know, um, they're doing a job they don't love. They're with a woman they don't love. They have kids they never wanted, and then other people get hurt because they were never decisive. You mentioned something there uh, in terms of organizing principles, and I don't want that to slip either. That is such a huge topic because, you know, as the saying goes, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And I really like the model that um, Stephen Covey had years ago in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And as trite as it is, and as many people have read that book, he talks about unifying principles and making a list that starts with, I am a man who. Present tense, as if you believe it. You know, I am a man who treats women right. I'm a man who's worth $10 million. Whatever you put on that list is yours. And that is, that is the concrete foundation of living this free life. So I love that you brought that up. And I want to underscore the importance of that. Well, I think the organizing principle to me is a lot of guys think it has to be right this way or, or it's got to be that way. And, and it actually mm -hmm. comes from the same book from Stephen Covey is you can't look at what you're going after as um, like a, a, a map uh, as far as it's got to be this way to this street to this street. And he uses it more like the compass. You're going to be off. You know, and the compass is always going back and forth, but it's giving you the direction. So you're getting bashed around a little bit, but you, you always come back to, you know, what is it that you want? And as far as conversations go, like if I'm in a conversation with a woman and I keep it in what I call like a warm uh, conversation, I keep it around relationships, you know, kind of banterish, um, sex, things to this nature, it keeps it in that kind of warm phase. If it gets taken off somehow or someone comes in and cuts it off, you know, I bring it back somehow to that kind of area of warm conversation. So always keeping in mind, you know, what is it that you want and to go after it uh, relentlessly as far as that goes. So you stay in that realm because it's easy to get thrown off and go into a conversation. Next thing you know, you're talking about sports and, and you didn't really go after what you want or create what you wanted. Um, so the organizing principle is basically like keep in the back of your mind what it is you want uh, during the whole, the entire interaction. And it could be a quick interaction. It could be something that's happened for years. I've had women that I've gone after for 10 years 
And in the back of my mind, I always have this, like, okay, it's going to happen. One day it's going to happen. But I, and I'm still friends with them, and I joke around, and I would, I'd be like, have you smartened up at all yet? Or, I, you know, I throw out kind of joking these stuff, and no, 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 I'll never date you, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, one day, boom, it happens. So I know my organizing principle worked because that's what I was originally going after. So that's why I think it's important to keep that in mind. You mentioned a magic word there, Eric, warmth. I don't think I've ever heard any other guy who's good with women or who teaches other guys how to be better with women use that word other than me. And I think it's what so many guys lack. We go in there with like lizard brains and we're running this agenda to get women to like us and we're kind of conniving. When warmth, smiling with your eyes, being approachable, being someone that makes her feel well, warm and fuzzy to be around, if you can actually use such a crazy term in this context, is actually going to work to draw women to you more than being this cold, calculating person who's trying to get laid. And so many guys don't understand that being warm is different than being a wuss. You know, you're not being soft. You're being a guy who can cause women to feel an affinity towards you. It's like, you know, a warm fire draws moths to the flame, whereas most living beings aren't attracted to that which is freezing cold. So I'm really pleased that you brought that up because I don't think anybody does. And I love how you tied that to this idea of getting what you want and it being part of your overall organizing principles. I think that's really fascinating. There was a, a post on one of the Facebook things and they were talking about, you know, don't be a um, Captain Save-A-Hoe. And, you know, in the industry that I am, I've, I've taken care of a lot of women. I, I actually have a house across the way where a lot of women have, I've, they've used it as a, a home, as a shelter to get away from psychos and stuff like this. And I've, I've been that protection that they've had, but I absolutely like adore women. I think they're magical. I think they're beautiful. Um, I think that, that sometimes they're, they're troubled. And if you don't have that, that affinity for women at that level and really appreciate them, and want to share and co-create, like I said, reality with them on a physical level, then you're going to lose a big part of the picture. And that foremost is where it comes from. It, it is that radiating warmth because it doesn't matter. Like I've had plenty of women come over. I throw a lot of parties at my house. And if girls are messed up or whatever, good looking women, you know, if they're like, oh, they want to have sex and things of that nature. Sometimes I'm like, no, because I don't want to put myself in that position. I'm, I'm not a dog. Whereas when you're young, you think kind of maybe like a dog just, you don't have sex. But as you get older and you're more mature, basically you look at it and you're like, you know what, like what's more meaningful as far as that goes? And I know a lot of guys will say, oh, the word meaningful and blah, blah, blah. But you know what, like if you want to actually really enjoy the moment, you should actually really enjoy the person you're with uh, because it makes it that much better on all terms. And uh, it really comes down to like, you know, it's not a game. Like when you look at pussy before people. That's a big problem. It's always people first. And then after that, you know, comes the natural selective order of, of pleasure or, or enlightenment or whatever it is that, you know, you and a woman can share together in a circumstance. Yeah. You know, I always like to say guys who are trying to get laid amazingly are usually the least laid guys. I know guys yeah. are trying to get some, it's like women who are trying to marry a millionaire they're having a hard time meeting millionaires. <laughs> you know what I mean? People want to be appreciated. And what you said there about actually liking women, I mean, why does that have to be so incredibly revolutionary? I think a lot of times, guys, 
experience some bitterness because they've not done well with women and it's become a pattern that repeats itself in their life. And it's easy to blame the women and say, you know, these are all bitches, they're all gold diggers and kind of do the men going their own way thing, which has become infamous in recent years. And yet in reality, women want to love us. Women want to like men. And even on their side, they've had bad experiences with some bad guys who treated them wrong. And plenty of women are saying, you know, I just hate men. They're a bunch of jerks. None of them tell the truth. They're all liars. And they'll say to my wife, Emily, you know, can you find me a nice one? And the answer is, well, no, because any guy who really respects women and loves women isn't going to be with a woman who hates men. And all of those sweet women, all those women who would endear themselves to you, all those women who would treat you right instead of being just crazy, those women are eluding the guys who are bitter and who just want to get back at women by screwing them or something. Yet it seems so many products in the dating advice world for men nowadays, unfortunately, are grabbing at that low-hanging fruit of those guys who feel that way and kind of trying to give them a solution, at least from the marketing perspective. But what you're saying is what works. And guys should be listening to you. Guys, you guys are listening to this. This guy has been successful with women in his world on his terms for 23 years. He's on to something. And what he's saying, even though he's living a different lifestyle than I am, is very much on point with the same message you hear around here, which is like women, give women a chance, lead women into your world and they will follow. And once you're making women feel comfortable around you, once they are basking in the glow of your masculinity, you get these feminine women who want to give back to you. And you sort of weed out the crazy ones. And not to say, Eric, that we need not know how to weed the crazy ones out ourselves. But I really like what you're saying. You can like women and you could put off that warmth, that aura of an attractive energy. But what's more important than that is you got to like yourself. And oh, that's, yeah, that's sure. one of the main things that I always ask my clients. The first thing I say, you know, is would you date you? And if they say no, then I'm like, stop, don't even worry about dating right now because it's only going to screw you up. You know, it's only going to take you off your point. I believe spirituality comes first. You handle your stuff first, you get yourself in order. And then, you know, the rest of the world is going to be more, um, it's going to be more attractive that you bring in because your world's together. It also goes back to what you're talking about. Like, oh, can you find me a nice guy? And I think there's a distinction between, this is what I tell a lot of people, is there's a distinction between the good guy and the nice guy. The nice guy does things because he's trying to get things, you know? So he's got an agenda where the good guy to me is just like a guy who knows what his boundaries are. He's, he sees a positive uh, aspect of the world. He wants to make it a better place and he's going to stick to his goals and stick to his, what he wants out of life and girls can take it or leave it. But when women see that, they say, here's a strong man, and that's what I believe a lot of women are attracted to. And it comes right back down to the primal force of, hey, you know what, whether you like it or not, I I firmly believe that the reptilian brain, it comes down to it. If shit breaks out, women are going to look to men for the protection, and I think that's innately built into us. So um, on one level, if if she can take control of you and she can run your world and tell you what to do and you buy into it, she really doesn't have on a deep level that security. So she's looking for that you know, good guy who knows what his rules are and sticks with it and sticks to the game plan for himself. You can't stand up to her. You can't stand up for her. Exactly. That's the way it goes. That's exactly what they feel. You summed up the whole idea of making women feel safe and protected around you perfectly. Um, I also like what you said about uh, self-respect and liking yourself being most important. If you don't like yourself, you won't respect yourself. If you don't respect yourself, you will not have the guts to go after what you want in this life and live life your own way. Emily and I have a mutual friend who's young, doesn't really know what he wants to do with his life, kind of going to college, sort of, 
you know, up in the air about the major, a guy came along and gave him a summer job at an insurance company doing outbound sales. Well, he's already on track to be an insurance agent because he's being sold the vision of, hey, you can move from here to being an agent and then you can have your own agency someday. The next thing you know, you have a state farm office with your name on the front. And that's when it occurred to me, I'm not sure anybody ever says to themselves when they're younger, I want to be an insurance agent someday. But that's how it happens. And, you know, kudos to all the insurance agents out there who love their job and are doing what they love. They're providing a service to us all. But, you know, different than being a policeman, a fireman, an astronaut, a, you know, airline pilot or whatever it is you said you wanted to be. By the way, I have a customer who's in astronaut training and I think that's so cool. (laughs) But anyway, you know, when you live your dream and you're doing what you want, it takes a certain wherewithal. It takes making your own decisions. No one else is going to give you the dream that's your own. You have to do it yourself. And you don't need to be content in the fact that you're not there. Like for many years, I worked as a bouncer and then I got promoted to manager, then general manager, and then learned to to run around and and do those things is a lot of times it's a stepping stone along the way. And I think the Mm -hmm. most important thing is, okay, where is it that you want to go? What what is the dream? Because sometimes it takes a lot of time. And if you listen to anyone that's really successful, it takes sometimes 10 to 20 years to really cultivate that strength of this is exactly who I am. For example, to me, I I didn't really say I was going to wake up one day and and be teach guys about dating and sex and run strip clubs. I mean, it was a means to an end, but as you go on, you're like, you know what? I like this. I like this. And you, and you're, you're adding. So as long as you're being active, I believe in doing whatever it takes to get you closer to that goal, you're going to be much more content to the, than the person who's, you know, sitting around saying, Oh, why should I, or let me just play video games or stuff like this. You know, you have to be going after it or, or I don't think that you put off that, um, you know, that vibe of, Hey, I'm, I'm someone who's going after my goals and dreams and, and desires. Yeah. yeah. Thinking as you talk, I have not had a job since 1995 that existed before the year 1990. Nice. So I graduated from college in 1988. I have not used directly what I, what I majored in in college <laughs> since 1994. Yeah. I mean, since 1995, every job I've had was something completely different than what I majored in and none of them existed even. And you know what you were alluding to in terms of enjoying the journey and not just reaching for that destination is so very key because life itself is a journey, you know? Yeah. And it forges you. I mean, it really forges your character. And if we're going to get yeah. right down into it is, is as a man, like if you've never been fired or you haven't, you know, had to work, you know, five doubles in a row or things like this, then you don't really have that experience of like, Hey man, sometimes you just got to man up and get back out there on your feet. And that is, I believe some etherical kind of way that you forge your being. And that's a more, I think like more of an energetic thing. Uh, as far mm. as that goes, but women pick up on it. Women can see uh, a tough man, a man who's kind of been through it, and there's a, a deeper masculine energy. And it's as esoteric as it sounds. Uh, I've seen it happen where, you know, two guys are there, and what you could just see, like, this guy has been through it. He's got more of that primal drive of he's going to support, or he's going to protect or whatever. And I've seen girls absolutely 100% drawn to that over the guy who maybe he's the trust fund baby or, or something like this, who's not, not really ever proven himself. He may have money, but he hasn't proven himself. So I think there's that ability of like, you know, just get down and dirty as a man. And, and, and that will develop some skills along the way too. It, the whole thing is very holistic in nature. Like you just don't learn about pickup lines or, you know, I don't really believe in pickup lines, but you know, pickup lines or working out or the way you dress. I mean, it all has to do like a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, and it builds your entire character up 
So whoever you meet where you're at with what you've gone through, that's what the woman is attracted to as far as that goes. If you're doing what you should be doing as far as a man and going after your dreams. I, I think men that don't go after their dreams unless they're lower level you know, entities and got drugs and involved and stuff like that, I really don't think that they attract um, a, a successful or a positive type of woman. I think it's more of, you know, kind of the lower levels of life type of, of living. You know, Emily and I, sometimes we watch brain dead television, usually travel channel stuff because we love to travel. And there's this show that Emily loves called house hunters international. And it's usually some couple who's moving from the United States to somewhere else looking for a place to live. And you would think that the people who would be on a show like that, who are leaving the United States and moving to like Easter Island or Prague or Malaysia, would be these enterprising, amazing souls who are just so cool. And I've maybe sat through 10 episodes of that show with Emily so far. And every single couple, the guy is a complete utter wuss. The woman's in control, wearing the pants, and this guy is exuding no masculinity whatsoever. And finally, I said to Emily, I said, first of all, none of these guys are attractive in terms of who they are and what they're about. And yet, you would think that you're dealing with the people who would be the most adventurous, the most like a go-getter, the people who are breaking free from the mold of what they've been told to do to go live somewhere else. And the guys are still like that. Yeah. I mean, that just shows you how pandemic this whole thing is. Yeah, really? it's it, it's crazy to me. Like that was like one of my biggest pet peeves when I'm going through a bonds or some kind of shopping center, and I see a woman and the guy is kind of pushing the cart, and she's like, "We're going over here, honey," and and she's just ordering around. Like I start twitching. I start going like, "Oh, oh, oh!" Like <laughs> it, I mean, it, exactly. it, yeah, it's actually scary to me to to see that. Um, but that's like I said, that's the demasculation of men, and yeah. that's why it's easier. Like I believe it's it's ten to ninety percent. Ten percent of the guys are going to get ninety percent of the women. I, I absolutely believe oh, yeah. that. Uh, because of the fact that, you know, women, it's so easy to chase after a woman, you know, women, the guys that, that don't realize that they're like, women are chased all the time. So they like a little, they like a little change. And they like a man who's like, no, no, that ain't going to happen. And this is the way it's going to happen. Like that's good old fashioned leading. And that goes far. You know, the funny thing is two people can't chase each other. Only one can chase. Both can choose each other. You know, I talk about choosing versus chasing all the time, by the way. But in terms of two people choosing each other, yes, like my wife, Emily, and I chose each other. But two people can't chase each other. Exactly. You know, it just doesn't make sense. I guess unless you're a couple squirrels. I've seen squirrels chase each other. Well, there's, there's a quote that goes, you know, he who loves less than a relationship controls it. Oh, he or she. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. But anyway, as far as two people chasing, that's an impossibility. And some guys have never done anything but chase. It's their default mode. So having chased women their whole life, they don't even know what it looks like to have a woman actually chase them because they've never started choosing, stopped chasing, and given a woman a chance to be the one who's chasing. Yeah. They don't even know what it looks like. I'll have guys tell me that they think I'm full of it and that it doesn't even exist and that women always have all the power and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But what you're saying really shines some light on it. Well, to me, like this is one of my own criteria that I now do. I do not chase women at all anymore. I may flirt with them oh, no. and banter with them, but to me, it's more like I want 
the way I like to do it now is I want them chasing me, and I don't I don't even excited if I have to do it because it's just not there for me. Like to me, it's like I want them stepping out of their comfort zone as far as that goes, and that's that's what I enjoy, and it doesn't matter to me. So when you reach the higher levels, it's kind of like no, you know what? Like you're going to chase me because I understand, and I'm this coming from an egocentric type of way of thinking. But hey, I've done a lot of stuff. I, I'm very positive. I can up your life. I'm helpful on a lot of ways. Like I know what my qualities and my benefits are of being a friend or a lover or whatever to that nature. And I'm going to make you work for it because I know everyone else is just throwing themselves at you. And it's a breath of fresh air for them. And they appreciate it and they respect it a lot more. Not all of them because some people just, you know, some women just want, you know, the guys to be throwing themselves all over them. But, you know, that's the difference between the baby boys and the masculine men. And, and women know the difference. But sometimes they'll take a, a little baby boy because they can control them and they, they can get what they want. And they can get their ego stroked as well. So a lot of it is just being able to say, hey, you know, are you good enough to be in my life? Do I want you? Are you the type of person that I want in my life or not? Dependent or not dependent on your looks. Yeah. I mean, she has a really nice ass, but she's ruining my life. But. Yeah, she's got a really nice ass, and that's what matters. You know, yeah, and, and that's, that's just a, and that's plays a over thing. and over. That's a man yeah. placating, you know, and settling for that. And when I said, when you're so locked into like the visual and you're going to let your life go to hell, then that's not really, you don't really have a good understanding of who you are. You, you're, you're more of like, in lust and you're like an impulse, you know, you're not, you're not really thinking about your overall vision in life and who you are and what you want to, to add to this planet. Um, you're just kind of, you're in like an impulse, a quick premature ejaculation. It's a fear of loss too. Like I could never find another chick with that nice ass. And I'm over yeah. here on the other side, wave my arms going, Hey, let's find you a nice ass who treats you right. And they're like, yeah. no, no, I don't want to lose her. I love her. You know, yeah, and, it, and like I said, the crazy thing is, is it takes a lot of time to get there. So that's why I say forgive oh, yeah. yourself because, you know, I've bumbled it up. I've been the nice guy. Sure. I've played Captain oh, yeah. Save of this and that. And so, <laughs> you know, as as time goes on, you just get better and better and better. And, and you learn to put up with less and less of the BS. And you're just crystal clear. When you're crystal clear and you're just rating that, women sense it. <laughs> Captain Save of this and that. It's hilarious, <laughs> man. Hey, before we close, Eric, I want to give these guys some practicals and I'm going to go ahead and lead the way. You know, guys, Emily and I travel the world and we take our children with us and we get told all the time, usually by grumpy, jealous people, you know, while we're being up front here, let's both be up front, Eric, you know, I don't care how we look. It is what it is. I want these guys to live a great lifestyle and I want them to choose their own lifestyle. So I'm throwing it all out on the table. People tell us, you know, in sometimes these very passive aggressive ways that, well, we're frankly wrong or we're stupid or we're squandering this or we're being irresponsible. And, you know, we don't live in as big a house as we could or probably should. We don't spend our money on the next latest and greatest, this, that, and the other. We go see the world. We go knock things off our bucket list. And when, my son, who's seven, and I see a rattlesnake out on the trail. I don't run away from it screaming. I back off, give the animal respect. And we take pictures of it, and I teach my son about it while it's like five feet away from us. And people think we're nuts. We took our infant daughter to India with us, and people thought we were crazy. But it's okay. She wasn't going to get sick. She was breastfeeding. And it turned out fine. We live adventures with our children. I've even been on a panel of other dating coaches. There were five of us. And by some serendipitous miracle, I went last. And every one of these four guys, other than me, said, oh, yeah, yeah. Make sure you knock all the adventures you want off your bucket list before you get married. Because once you're married, you're buried. And then the kids come. And oh, my God, your life stops. And I just kind of cleared my throat and said, well, guys, uh, 
not to be the dissenting view, but I completely disagree because I live a life with a wife and kids that is, you know, more Steve and Terry Irwin like than Steve and Terry Irwin lived. You know? yeah. I mean, we go all over the world with our kids. We've been to over a hundred countries now together and she's a perfect travel partner and we see the world and go climbing this and seeing that and riding this train and racing this car and doing this, that, and the other. And that's how we choose to spend our money. And so many people we know as acquaintances are like, man, I am in all of your guys' life. I love how you guys live. And, you know, I'd love to be able to do that. And then none of them are doing it because, well, here's a wonderful, wonderful example. Emily's gotten an acquaintance who lives in a 4,000 square foot house. And they had one of these mommy group meetings. And Emily called her up and said, hey, can you stop by the store and grab like a $5 pack of uh, magic markers because we need it? She couldn't do it. She couldn't write you a check for five bucks. I mean, she's so leveraged with house and with stuff that there's no room to go enjoy your life at all. You can't even spend $5 on a pack of magic markers. And that is the norm, not the exception in this free country. And yet Emily and I have made this decision. This is how we're going to spend our money. This is what's going to be important to us. This is where we're going to prioritize. So our kids have been to so many countries. They've been to almost every state in the union. We have an RV. We go on massive Griswold vacations in the summertime gallivanting around, seeing things, doing national parks. They get their little national park ranger badges when they go places. And I'm having the blast of my life with this seven-year-old little boy who's a chip off the old block. I see myself in him so much, teaching him and training him to be a man. And then my little daughter, who's just the joy of our life, and my older daughter and, of course, Emily's son. And it's incredibly gratifying to have the family you want, do what you want with them, not teach them how to hate each other and how to fight, but actually to give each other some room, give each other some respect. And we go on these adventures together. The older ones, you know, they're starting to want to live their own life and that's fine. But that's sort of an example of how we're doing what we want. And although people admire it and say, man, I wish I could do that. They also sort of frown on us because we're not doing what they do. People are confused. They don't know what they think. They don't know what they want. So again, they default into this mode where they just do what society tells them to do. And I want to encourage all you guys out there. If you want to get married, get married. But make sure you marry the right woman. Make sure you still have adventures with her. Make sure you're still doing what you want to do and living that life together instead of feeling like you're conceding anything. And if you want to live the way Eric's living and you just want to have women around you all the time adoring you and you never want to settle down with one, respect to that too. Make sure you do it your way. Make sure you live your life on your terms. Hey, if you're hurting someone, if you're causing pain to other people, if you're killing yourself with drugs and alcohol, maybe you want to rethink that. But as long as you're leaving the world a better place than how you found it, and you're leaving women better than how you found them, I'm all for it. Give me your stories, man. Add to it. I personally am married, uh, and I still live the lifestyle. I actually had a house across the way where a few of my girlfriends were actually living. We're all in the same area. Every, everyone knew about each other and things like this. So you can be married and still live. You know, it's just a matter of agreeing with that other person. Like, how are yeah. we going to live? You know, what is it and how is it that we want to do things? And like I said, it's funny, you know, because sometimes when you're living the lifestyle and you got other girlfriends, uh, it, it can be tough. Every relationship, you know, has ups and downs and things like this. So, you know, the, to say that it's always going to be perfect 
and you're, you're living the, the awesome life, it, you know, can be a little bit misleading uh, because you, you are always, especially when you're dealing with multiple relationships and being polysexual and stuff, because there's always different dynamics going on. Sometimes women that are part of your little circle, you know, want something different. Maybe they want a one-on-one, so they fall out and, they, and then you find someone new and it goes through the process of, okay, is this person right? Is this person wrong? And I get it from a lot of people say, oh, well, that's never going to work. And I say, well, you know what? It's worked seven years for me. That's seven years of lots of really cool interactions, lots of cool sexual escapades, lots of very interesting dynamics that have gone on. So whether it's working or it's not working, it doesn't matter because I'm experiencing it. And so is it working right now? Absolutely. Has it worked and and got a little weird sometimes? Absolutely. But that's a part of the process. And so you look at it like, hey, you know what? What have you done? And they, well, uh, uh, well, I have, I believe in one-on-one. Okay, cool. That's what you believe in. How, how successful is that going? Well, you know, they, they come out with their own excuses and stuff like this. So to me, whether anyone wants to say I'm doing it right or doing it wrong, the point is I'm doing it. There's so much knowledge and wisdom that I have that other guys don't because the fact that I can go, that's, I don't know if I believe that because I've actually lived it with, you know, three and four girls living it one shot at a time and dealing with that and who gets to go first and, and, oh, okay, I'm going to take this person out, but I'm going to buy this one a gift. There's all kinds of stuff that I've learned that I've tripped and tumbled and fallen through that, that is rewarding because of the fact that you're going against the grain and you're learning things that most people are afraid to learn. So that in itself just knowing that you can do that is pretty cool. Yeah. And I can totally respect that because you're in a lifestyle with different women and they've all bought into it. What's pathetic to me is when these guys get married and they were already cheating on their wife behind her back, like a week later, or the woman is cheating on him that fast and trying to hold secrets from each other and not really acting in each other's best interest. That's where the integrity is at stake there. I mean, one of my coaching guys was telling me that he went out with a woman and they got intimate and everything. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm engaged. And he's like, you're, you're what? You're going to get married to this other guy. And yet here we are. She's like, yeah, well, he'll never know. And what he doesn't know won't hurt him. Yeah. That's like, that. you've got to be kidding me. He kicked right. her to the curb. You know, yeah. that woman's going to ruin your life. There's no integrity towards that guy. There's not going to be any integrity towards you because there's no integrity in there. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, being was true what- to yourself is exactly that. Then you can have integrity towards other people. Then you can look yourself in the mirror with the lifestyle you chose and live it. This is why it's really a big pet peeve for me and maybe one of the reasons why I've really been so adamant about being a man and saying what you believe is because when I work at a strip club, you know, I see all the guys going, oh, don't call the – don't let anyone know. Uh, we're all here. And, and I see this constantly. I see men hiding uh, and, sneaking and, and around, sneaking around because they're afraid of what the woman's going to think. And, and it, every time I hear that, I just go, "Oh my god!" Like, thank God I'm not living that that lifestyle because you know I, I don't want it. Why would you want to be in a relationship with someone where you can't be, speak freely with who you are? That's that's ridiculous. And that's psycho to me. That's like scary psycho. And you know you're going to live with the person porn too. I mean, the guy looks at porn once and he gets a rolling pin upside the head with this woman. Yeah. Leo allegedly loves and who allegedly loves him. Same exactly. Thing. And like I said, that's just the insecure side of relationships and the deeper levels of relationships are, you know, you're with a person. If I feel like watching porn and jerking off and she walks in on me, you're like, Hey baby, can you throw me a towel? Well, you know, it's okay. It's not, it's not like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? It's, it's it, like I said, it's the contentment of life and having that kind of relationship where, where you bump. But yeah, when you said that, it's like, yeah, cause I hear it all the time from guys yeah. that are like, Oh, I, don't tell anyone here. We can't take a photo. Don't play 
place it on your Facebook, and it's just like, are you out of your mind? Like, that's incredibly just psycho, you know? I, I, that's my pet peeve. I get nutted up on that. Yeah. Guys will uh, unsubscribe from my newsletter saying, girlfriend found this, <laughs> or my wife found out I was reading this. And I mean, I talk about relationships. I don't even talk about banging a bunch of chicks. Yeah. And they're so scared of this woman. And all I can say to myself when I get one of those emails is my heart goes out to them because, man, that's exactly why we're here for you. So that you won't have to feel like that. And so that changes and that doesn't happen. So revolves the world and what a tangled web we weave. Better them than um, me. Yeah. No <laughs> His name is Eric Von Sido. You know him as Hypnotica. And he's got this interesting new program called The Collection of Confidence. I love that name because it implies that confidence is something you go get and something that you build up over time, like you would collect it. And I've set up a special URL so you can check it out. And I think you really should. Obviously, you know that this is a heartfelt guy who walks the talk. I love guys like that. And I think you should check this out. It's www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash hypnotica. And that's with a Y. So it's H-Y-P-N-O-T-I-C-A. I'm going to tell you straight up. This is one of those websites that's... um, is really edgy. I probably wouldn't mail it to you and say, Hey, go look at this website. And you know, I totally recommend this website. The way he's going about his message is different than I would do it. But I'll tell you what, in the end, you're dealing with a rock solid guy. And this is a guy whose program you're going to want to check out, I think. So it's a collection of confidence. And I've got that for you at the chickwhisperer.com front slash hypnotica. Eric, it's been a pleasure to get to know you, man. Let's do this again sometime. Absolutely, man. I'm glad I got on and we kind of introduced ourselves to each other. And we both have the same philosophies as far as that goes, because that's so important if you're really going to be content in the bigger picture about, hey, this is a fulfilling life and not just, you know, you're going to fill some girl up for for the night or so. It's good to hear a more masculine, mature mindset on it. Yeah, man, that's that's absolutely true. Back at you. And guys, if you're not on my newsletter yet, you need to go to www.thechickwhisperer.com and sign up. I've got a free report for you on how to get the first date, ace it, and get the second date when you sign up. That's free. It's a great introduction to everything we do around here. You'll also find that my newsletter is one of the most action-packed, content-rich ones out there. I give you something actionable that you can actually use every single day you get the newsletter. So, uh, Go check that out at www.thechickwhisperer.com. You've been listening to episode 72 of the Chick Whisperer program. Until I come back and talk to you for episode number 73, be good out there. The Chick Whisperer podcast is copyright 2009 by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to sign up for the X and Y Communications newsletter at www.thechickwhisperer.com. This is Ed Roy Oda speaking for The Chick Whisperer Podcast.